Welcome to American Slacker Podcast. As always, I'm Matt. And I am Jesse. And today we are joined by our guest, Ben Macklin, a.k.a. Duet. Thank you for coming on the show, man. We really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Hope you're good. Ah, man. We're glad to have you. We're really stoked to sit down and talk with an artist that uh, we really enjoy your music. And uh, why don't you tell the people a little bit about what kind of music you make? Uh, I'm Duet. I'd say probably... Um describe the music as synthwave although maybe not as synthwavey as <laughs> some artists um but it's you know it's it's 80s influenced synth based music <laughs> how's that <laughs> <laughs> perfect yeah yeah and i even noticed like nodes of like nine a little bit of the early 90s like kind of sounds too i feel like is that intentional or is that just me like yeah imagining? i think that might be in some of the chord progressions I use, I've got, got a real soft spot for soulful chord progressions. And sometimes I think they sound a, a kind of 90s R&B, uh, like yeah. the actual chord progressions themselves. Um, but yeah, that could well be coming out of me somewhere in there, yeah. <laughs> nice, nice. Now, what got you into the whole synthwave scene? Like, did you just stumble across it, like, back in the day? Like, how long have you been into synthwave? Yeah, I think it probably stems from around say well i've always been into 80s influenced music and 80s mm. music but during you know the height of the kind of blog house times sort of like 2011 2012 i was kind of getting access to a lot more uh just music that people were doing that was kind of synth based and then i, I think that's how i discovered mitch murder and that's when i started thinking right okay so he's doing this kind of music that is kind of full-on 80s music and people are into it and people are buying it and he's kind of just doing his thing he's doing covers of stuff he's doing whatever he likes and people into it i thought yeah that was kind of something i wanted to you know listen to and something i was kind of wanted to work in as well nice now were you a musician prior to synthwave or did synthwave yeah. get you into making music okay you were okay yeah so I been making music for quite a while actually for we're in probably 90 18 19 years wow wow man Ooh, that's, um, that's a long time, man. yeah so i was kind of young and i was making music electronic music okay um, i was gonna ask what platform you come from that that's not too hard of a transition that's pretty nice yeah so you're familiar well, with the uh, beats and all that yeah well when um when discovery came out by daft punk Yes. I was just nice. into their, I mean, that was one of the first albums I can remember that had loads and loads of 80s stuff on there, 80s samples. Mm. There was, was a period in the 90s where everyone was still tired of 80s music. You know, like yeah. it had just happened. It was like, I don't yeah. want to hear that. It was cheesy. No one was into sampling. It was all disco samples and mm. kind of disco mix. Mm. And when that came out, and it was kind of 80s, upfront 80s. I just was kind of like, yeah, that, that's when I started making music and sampling 80s tracks, 80s beats, you know, 80s snares and stuff. But it wasn't too much later that I actually started making music as duet, which is, I would say, on the whole, the, the music I, I really like the most. Yeah. You know, a lot yeah, of the music I made before was, that would be cool if you know I could be played there or I kind of had an eye on doing something whereas duet was the first thing I did where it was the music I would want to listen to 
Okay. Where does the name Duet come from? I'm 100% no. I think... (laughs) I like that. I like that. Mystery. Even to the artist. Yeah, I kind of struggle with... Tapped by a muse, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. I was kind of struggling with the names. I struggled to name tracks. Um, It takes me so long. It takes me longer than a track, you know what I mean, to to think of a name. So when it comes to starting a project, like an artist project, I'm thinking, right, this this has got to be something I like. I can't just kind of... And also, I think one of the reasons I came up with Duet is because I thought it would throw people off what was actually going on. So I thought, if it's called Duet, people are going to think it's two people. They yep. might think it's French. You got they me. Might think it's, yeah. You got um, me. I'm like, right there. I'm like, like are, right we gonna sh- are we going to like get the, this guy in here? It's going to be like 12 people. Like, <laughs> you totally throw us like, hey, hi. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't. So I think that's kind of what was going on. I think I added the extra T. So I, I knew, I do remember thinking, I need, if it's going to be one word that's going to look cool on the cover art or something, I'd quite like it almost like a, a made up word, like a word that doesn't exist. I mean, it turns out that obviously it's close to the word duet. And I think in France or somewhere, a duet is spelled like that. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't work, basically. Oh. <laughs> that's regional. That that's I a regional it, understanding. Yeah. I think that's what I was trying to do, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I appreciate it, man. I think, you know, that's what caught me a bit, too. You know, it wasn't only the music, but the name is, like, it's appealing. There's, There's some that... one wonder to it, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, Yeah, I was trying to kind of create, a like, an aesthetic with it, I think. That's what was... Well, it definitely worked. I mean, that and the fact that it seems that you work with other, you know, artists as well. So it kind of yeah. plays off of that too. Yeah. I mean, because at first, because I just did the only vocal tracks were with Stuart Lockwood. Mm-hmm. And when we've done live shows, it's Stuart is with me performing those tracks as well. So awesome. People great, that all, yeah. people that think duet is two people, obviously, if they see me with him performing, then it totally looks like that still. You know, I mean, it kind of, I could see why you think that, but yeah. Yeah, It's kind of the Holly Ride FM 84 thing. You like to (laughs) live in that mystery a little bit, it seems like. Yeah. And the idea, I mean, a lot of the artists that I, that I like are kind of, not always mysterious, but you have to kind of do a bit of work to find out anything about them. Mm. Um, I mentioned Daft Punk obviously that was one of the first ones but even some groups that I'm into from the 80s you know like Scritty Politti didn't do live shows mm. um, he was really in, introverted about doing interviews and videos and things like that I don't know just any kind of group where if I want to if I'm into them and I can't find anything I can't find any footage of them in the studio. I can't find anything kind of, I don't know. I just find it a bit more interesting. Mm. It is intriguing. Yeah. There is something yeah. that makes you want to dive further. Like, like yeah. when I was recommending you on the show and I couldn't find a single piece of information on you and I was digging, <laughs> digging in the internet, dude. <laughs> <laughs> and I even opened it. I'm like, I don't even know who, I don't know if this is a guy. Or like, I yeah. it, it was, it was quite surprising too, because yeah, yeah. normally we, we do kind of hard dives into, you know, the bands that we're suggesting the music for, yeah. but this was the first time I've seen Matt yeah. perplexed. <laughs> I was like, listen guys, I've got nothing, nothing at all. I know, <laughs> now we got the deep of... dive. <laughs> yeah. I kind of planned it that way. And also, you know, I mean, when I see a lot of 
the opposite. I mean, I know for a fact that if I just relentlessly posted myself, you know, like me in the studio or, you know, like behind it, people I know want to see more of what's going on. They want to see more behind the scenes stuff and hear demos and hear stuff, which true. I don't do. Yeah. And a lot of that isn't me not doing it because I think, well, I do want to be all over Instagram, but I just want to keep it interesting. It's because I just think you wouldn't, I, it wouldn't be as interesting as you think it would be. <laughs> well, and you leave them wanting more too. I mean, yeah. And also you let your music do the talking for you, which is, you know, it yeah, does a lot of you, talking, man. I love it. Well, thanks. Thank you. Yeah. I think if you see artists, you kind of, it adds to your perception of them, whether it's like a positive perception or negative or kind of a, Oh, right. You know, I didn't, I didn't hundred percent. I didn't know that about them. I didn't know where they were from. I don't know. It just, um, I wanted the music and the artwork and the kind of aesthetic to kind of be the thing that people were into. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Now you mentioned Stuart before. How did you guys meet? Yeah. Like, is this, are you guys like longtime friends or like did yeah. this just run into each other? Like, yeah, like we days? got a mutual friend and we used to kind of, he lived in London and we used to go to events and Stuart's, I mean, he's one of the nicest people I've ever met. You know, he's so cool. We really get on. We're into the same kind of stuff. I, th- I think that what used to happen was years before we did any music is people would go, Stuart can sing. Like, oh, you could, people do that quite a lot. I feel they know you make music. They're like, Oh my, my sister can sing. She get her in my, you know, they can write, they can do this. Yep. Think, yeah. Cool. Cool. I think Stuart's quite, <laughs> I think um, I'm guilty of that. <laughs> yeah. and I think it was quite quiet really and I didn't you know so so anyway I know when you would like the same music when I started doing I did that duet EP and I thought I'm going to do something I was going to send him a backing track and and say have a go on this you know have a see what you can do kind of thing and, he said, and the first track we did together the track called Running Scared he oh. sent me back a voice note with him just singing into his phone basically <laughs> how the track is it was the full vocal thing there mm-hmm. with a kind of note saying, how's this? That's <laughs> hilarious. Like, he scripted it all out like it is today. Like, vocally. yeah, like, it might be one or two differences, but I remember at the time wow. thinking if we can just get the same has happened with a couple of things I've done with Stuart, where I just think if I can get him to record this in a studio, like he's done it and they're just singing kind of into the voice thing. I mean, for him, obviously he hasn't just sat there and gone made it off off the top of his head there's a lot of work he's done writing those tracks but yeah like he um he just sounded like that and i just thought well if we get if we get in the studio and do that and that's when we did and that's when we did running scared um and 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 kind of that was that and from that moment obviously i thought right net we need to do more of these because mm. it just yeah. sounds so <laughs> cool i like the way as well that Stuart was writing he wasn't writing synthwave vocals or kind of a thing. He, it, it sounded like he was just writing songs. Yep. And I like that. Yes. I really like that he was doing that. That's what I appreciated about it too. And like in the confusion in the beginning, I thought Stuart was just part of your, your group, you know, like I thought that was a thing. Yeah. But um, it definitely it's just it's so appealing. The interactions you guys have together, all the songs you do mm-hmm. came out amazing. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, we have like a real, we have, we like exactly the same music. We're just yeah. totally into it. And I can fire references over to, to Stuart and he can give references to me and we're like, yeah, I know exactly what you mean. 
like really really obscure obscure references um he's an actor right Stuart? yeah he's an actor yeah 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 i, I was figured, taking yeah. a look at his imdb yeah he's got a lot of credits yeah. on here <laughs> yep yeah and he's he's kind of i mean he's so secretive so if you could speak to him i obviously know him well but you speak to him he'll, he doesn't say that he's doing those things hmm. not because he's ashamed of them or anything just because he's kind of quite private so if i want to see what he's been up to i just go on imdb as well <laughs> <laughs> so funny <laughs> so funny. Just track the track down those things. One day he just shows up on your TV. You're like, you didn't even tell me, dude. You didn't even tell he's me. Done, that's <laughs> happened. That has completely happened. Oh my god! That where he's, a couple of times, there's been times where he's shown up and he was in commercials where it's like oh, that Stuart just on TV in in drama series and stuff. It's, it's got to be odd to just have your friend <laughs> pop up on TV like that. Yeah, it's ridiculous. <laughs> there goes Stuart again. <laughs> yeah. It is. It's like completely, yeah. It's so, but you know. So, is it safe to say this relationship is going to continue? We're going to keep seeing Stuart appear on your tracks. I I spoke to I spoke to Stuart yesterday. We what we do is kind of we both kind of go back and forth quite a lot when we're working on stuff. Um, Like, say, I'll send Stuart lots and lots of backing tracks, and he'll kind of do lots of vocals for me. But we have to be. We don't just like doing tracks together for the sake of it we want them to be to sound good you know because we don't yeah um so yeah we speak quite a lot we speak about backing tracks we speak a lot about music we're into. Like yesterday we just spent about an hour talking about peter gabriel and oh, man. we've both been kind of deep diving like into his some of his stuff obviously you can hear the influences on stuart mm. and peter gabriel but yeah we were kind of just talking about sounds and demos of his his pro the thing with peter gabriel that Stuart and i both like is his process of kind of taking himself away to the country working on something crafting something and but it come in like for example with so peter gabriel goes off into the countryside with all those people like in a real and in the middle of absolutely nowhere and it looks like and then when the album comes out it's this big sounding kind of 80s album from the countryside i really liked how that i really was interested in how that worked you think the open space had that big the effect on that big sound yeah i think that just that kind of he's not one of those artists that's like look at me i'm at kind of all these events doing this thing i'm in a lot of people in the 80s and whatever would make their albums in london or go over to montserrat or the heart and he's kind of like i'm going to take these guys and we're going to go and just craft this you know um in the country and so Stuart and i kind of try and work like that as well yeah it's like a it's a writer's approach it seems like you know it's how Hmm. a traditional novelist would do it you know they just eliminate all the distractions eliminate the noise yourself away allow your mind to create the noises not the environment around you you know it makes sense because Stuart is a Stuart is a like he's a proper songwriter like he writes all those songs you could just play kind of on an acoustic guitar with them singing and they just sound like they wouldn't sound like synthwave songs mm-hmm. being played on an acoustic guitar they'd sound like songs because you do get some people that work with where they send in a vocal and it's kind of it's just too full-on it's just too 80s i know it sounds ridiculous coming from me but you know, no. like um yeah just ticks all the boxes 80s boxes and I always think that if you've got 80s track, 80s visuals, 80s lyrics, everything, <laughs> then it can sometimes become a real pastiche, in-your-face thing that kind of mm. 
mm-hmm. I don't know, like library music. Yeah, I mean, there's so I one too many retro wave sons out there on an album, you know? <laughs> yeah, I just think it needs to be balanced out. I think it needs to be balanced out. Well, a lot of my favorite artists, artists in the 80s, so if you listen to, say, Yazoo or um, Pet Shop Boys, their music is unbelievably 80s sounding and big kind of pop. But when you look at a video, you look at them performing, they're basically just standing there in suits, not smiling and not moving or doing anything. Mm. Whereas if they were kind of jumping around in leg warmers and stuff, um, <laughs> it might take away from the music as well. They kind of even, it evens itself out. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. And it didn't date itself either. Like, you know, like no. a lot of the eighties videos mm-hmm. did with, you know, they had that same styling. I mean, there was like five directors yeah. doing all the vids. So it's yeah. like, you know, it's like that kind of style and is just, yeah, it's if still people watch cool. it today, it's like, you know, it's different. Yeah. yeah. This episode of American Slacker is brought to you in part by Dango products made here in America. They offer wallets, watches, and many other accessories. A couple months ago, I ordered my do one dapper pen wallet in their patented d which is amazing. The d that they've created is a material that is scratch-proof, water-resistant, and so easy to clean. You know, if you're working out there on the grind, getting your pockets dirty, maybe getting your wallet dirty, this thing will clean up and you can go out in the tux at night and you won't even know the difference. Check out their quality selection of wallets, watches, and other accessories at dangoproducts.com. Use the promo code SLACKER for 10% off your order. Slacker approved. Cartoon Dumpster Dive. I'm your host, Joel. And I'm your host, Andrew. Join us as we travel back in time to watch the garbage cartoons from your past. Will you remember them? Maybe. We painstakingly watch every episode of these cartoons to remind you that, hey, some things belong in the past. Our pain is your entertainment. Thanks for tuning in. That's it. That's the trailer. Speaking of music videos, is that something you could ever see being done with, with any of the tracks? Yeah, like with Stuart and I have spoken to people. I mean, there's there's no reason why we haven't done one. Only in that when we've when we've done tracks or when I've done albums, I don't really do a big release day kind of thing, you know, where it's like, here's the song and the and the and the big promotion push and the video and stuff, they kind of just grow um, over a period of time. People kind of discover them. Um, but still, that's definitely that's definitely something we would do if it was the right thing, definitely. You'd have it's, to find the right person to work on it, I'd imagine. Yeah. It'd yeah. be a big part and, of the, that decision. Yeah, and it's hard to kind of, for me, like, um, I like the 80s aesthetic but i'm not i wouldn't want it to be like a pure 80s video like i just said i wouldn't want it to be kind of silly right um and yeah i suppose you know just a regular music video (laughs) just it is a new thing right now like a lot of high production synthwave videos are coming out uh are you familiar with september 87 Mm mm-hmm have you you've, you've, yeah. you've probably seen their music video, which is you got the '80s over the top fun with the yeah. mixture of like their storyline, which is really cool. Yeah, yeah it's um, cool. I'm really enjoying that kind of thing. Is like starting to come yeah. up. So like, I definitely yeah. see you, you want to be careful who you're working with, creating that image yeah. for you. You know, that's definitely yeah. tough. I suppose that's the thing is that when I'm talking about saying things I want for duet, it's different to to the things that I like myself. 
So when I'm going, I don't want to be silly and over the top. I enjoy watching a lot of that stuff. You know what I mean? Like I'm not mm. saying I don't. I just don't. I don't kind of link that with duet. But oh yeah, I'm into that. I'm into that. Thing, oh yeah, you know? I'm into the visuals and stuff. I mean, there's artists that make synthwave that don't even listen to synthwave. You know, it's like it, yeah, it, it's it's common. You know, like to have that yeah. adjacent to it. Well, and yeah. it sounds like you have a very strong idea of what the like brand is for duet. Yeah. Yeah. And and to kind of and you're trying you're doing a, a meticulous job of you know staying in that lane. Yeah, no, yeah. that is um, that's definitely something that I kind of enjoy as much as making the music. Mm. Just kind of crafting the whole what people might think of it and stuff. Like in a, so that's something you're considering when you're working on your tracks is like how is this going to be perceived by the audience? It, that's something yeah, that you're I try, like aware of. I, yeah, so I. I think of a thing that a lot of artists have, which I definitely have, which I wish I didn't have, is caring what other people think. Now, I don't care what people think of the music as much as I used to, but you don't ever get back the innocence of when you make the first EP or the first album for yourself. That comes out, that's released, off it goes. And then when you're, when we did the second album and kind of people, um, kind of um when you go and play julienne live or somewhere when you come to sit in the next when Stuart and i then sit down down the line somewhere to make music part of you is going we need another julienne you know like a like mm. a record exec guy is on your back going we need another one of those yeah you know do that now little suited devil you, on your shoulder yeah really. <laughs> <laughs> You're just like, come on, because you you can't get that kind of innocence back of going. Well, I'll, I'll pretend that no one is kind of looking forward to listening to what I'm going to do, or or whatever. But I think that, um, I mean, if I did totally care what people think, the last duet album would have just been ten vocal tracks of you know, Julian soundalikes. Yeah. So I try and mix up a bit, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. You do you feel pressure from like the audio your your listeners to you know not do to like lean towards instrumental or lean towards you know the vocal tracks like one way or the well, other? Um, I don't, but I know that people have strong opinions on both. So when I know people, I've seen under the comments, for example, if I say I put a message a thing out the other day saying, "Would you be interested in an instrumental?" duet album of the instrumentals of the vocal tracks you get 50 percent people going oh that'd be really interesting that'd be really cool i'd like to just have that in the collection then the other half of people just going you're gonna you're gonna kind of ruin the whole thing you got like a lot of opinions (laughs) yeah so i just think well you know there's something for everyone there Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. i don't i don't feel i don't feel the pressure of um of of what people think anymore i just um i just try and do what i like yeah. and i think if you do what you like someone else is going to like it they might not like it as much as what you did before but i think that's how you achieve the best end result honestly i mean you've got to enjoy it and I can, you can clearly tell with your archive you know like the passion the love that went into these songs and even the yeah. artwork you know everything is matching it has the branding yeah, yeah. You, you don't get that without that you know no, I also think like if you if you're trying to make tracks that are gonna hit on Spotify or 
or whatever, one, you can end up having the opposite effect and two, you just won't enjoy it. So you can have, I've worked on stuff or have, I know people that have worked on stuff that's been absolutely huge, millions of plays. They don't like it. They get no joy from the fact that that track does well. Mm. They get absolutely nothing. Obviously, they get, you get financial benefits from it. But if you've mm. got a project that you started off as a kind of pet project and you kind of then go down a, an avenue with it where you're kind of looking for likes or looking for whatever, you're just going to kind of, I don't know, you're just not going to get anything from it. I always mm. think, when if you look at, artists like big artists that have done lots of music an example i've given this is someone like elton john if you listen to an elton john greatest hits or queen greatest hits or something they've got you know 20 hits but that's because they've done 30 albums (laughs) where you know some tracks don't hit some Mm -hmm. tracks aren't good You know, they've done their, they've worked through their craft, some of the different styles, some stuff they like, some they don't. But at the end of the day, in the end, they've got, you know, it looks like they've just churned out hits. Yes. Yeah. And they, you didn't even see all the songs that didn't even make it to the album. That's the thing. You no. Know? Exactly. Well, like there's that Queen album that didn't do well, that, um, what's it called? Hot Space, mm, that kind yeah. of flopped. But the last track on it is Under Pressure, uh, an enormous track for them. <laughs> you know, it did well. So you kind of think, well, <laughs> you just keep going it's gonna you know yeah turn out something i mean yeah. what a what a weird like uh monkey's paw situation to be in to like all right i want to make a hit and then yeah. you make something that you hate to play yes. so yeah you, so you make money off of it and then you consistently are asked to play something that you don't want to yeah. play <laughs> yeah. yeah i mean that's got i mean that must just be that happens you know it's just <laughs> yeah, the curse of the one hit wonder man i yeah. mean it happens to a lot of people where they never outlive that 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 fucking huge shine they do on their first hit and then yeah. fucking they're stuck the rest of their life just going on tour so that people can hear that one fucking song <laughs> yeah you know? and they come around eventually when they're kind of in their 50s and go oh well let's just enjoy it it's enjoying now yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, right. yeah yeah <laughs> yeah man it's a wild cycle <laughs> so i yeah. mean as long as you're steering towards your like artistic north i guess you know and and making stuff that you enjoy you you have to hope that you know your audience is is gonna stick along for the ride yeah i think if you listen to lots of legendary artists talk about what they did they'll say and the the good stuff if you any of the best music ever the artist is normally saying we just did what we thought was cool on the whole, they're saying we like we were into this. We're really into the zone, in the zone of this. We're really working hard on it, and it sounds like it. Like you can hear it, and you go, "Yeah, it sounds like it." You no, know, people aren't stupid. They can tell when something is kind of throwaway music or just something that was just done to kind of please the record label. Mm. You can hear the yeah. good stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's almost like unexplainable what that good stuff is. You know what I mean? Yeah. But like we know, we all know. If you like music, yeah. you know when you like you listen to it, you're like, Ugh. yeah. <laughs> and normally, I think usually the later on in people's careers, you can start hearing them forcing, forcing mm. it, because yeah. then they've got bills to pay and a, a, a lifestyle, and you know, kind of thinking, oh, that was such a good time when we were really big, and you can just hear them doing that and kind of going through the gears. Mm. Um, when they should, that's probably the time they should be going, well, I'm just going to do whatever I kind of like. Because if, you, if you're into music and you can play and stuff, if you do something you like, other people will like it. 
And today it's like created this whole thing where the producers are like, you know, like right, getting songwriters to write songs for people because people are in that panic mode. I'm talking mainly yeah. radio feed. Like once people get huge yeah. and they're mm, stuck yeah. in that that lifestyle and they need to fucking keep bringing them in the hits, like yeah. that's where you end up with the songwriters, and that's why the radio when you turn on a station, every song sounds the fucking same. Well, you know? and yeah. they and they talk about like the ratio of you know doing like hopefully it's a you're doing one for them and one for you, but yeah. I feel like more often <laughs> it ends up being like five or six for them and then maybe yeah. one maybe one for you you know you gotta yeah. fight to get that check on that. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> it's like yeah we don't think this is gonna sell it's like god damn it's the only one i like let it on there <laughs> yeah and it's normally one that they've written themselves yeah, yeah they, right. they can kind of i need i want to be i want to try i want something on this album that's you know written by me because i want some you know i want a piece of this not something they like but you know um, now, are you are you trying to avoid record labels at all costs like down the road i mean is that one yeah. something that's come to your mind, like trying to stay just sole produced in house? Yes, yeah, so I have a kind of a thing with Duet where there's there's options I've been offered where Duet mm. could probably be more well known now than it is, or it could not be. But there's definitely been things where I've had labels involved or whatever. But part of Duet is the fact that I just get it's like a it's like a project someone spoke to me when they wanted to sign the project early on and they said let us sign it because then you can concentrate on making the music and we'll look after all the kind of business side of it and i wanted to say (laughs) and i felt like saying how about you do the music and i'll do the business side of it like that's the hardest part like i really i want to i like kind of working with people and artwork and choosing where it goes and stuff like that like i don't really license it to things and then just because i've done other things in the music industry where once you sign things away mm. and i don't mean like in an old school or you know i'm I'm, in, I'm into a contract for 20 years that i didn't know i was into but in a kind of it's gone like you've kind of lost and, and other people won't feel like you do about it or i think a duet starts this but a side project that stops stops you going nuts that mm-hmm. just is no matter what I'm doing, I know I can go home and just work on that. It's my thing. Yes. Yeah. So there's definitely a, a dissociation never going to be touched by a label. I see. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm not like, depends who that like, was, who it was, but as it sounds like this duet is my, is like my hobby. Do you know what I mean? It's like my kind of thing as well. It's, it's almost like they're offering to like, give you something but really it's taking something away from me yeah, <laughs> if, yeah. If we'll give like, you a graphic artist yeah. and it's like no no no, no. I, I'm, I'm yeah doing that yeah. yeah like it's not the thing that would obviously come up these days is is money like obviously with in the, the way the music industry is these days as soon as you sign there's not much money around so as soon as you sign something away that's a massive kind of um percentage of your money gone you know from that small pot anyway so i think you know there's not really much to lose in doing yourself um you kind of keep control there's no one on your on your on your back you know and um yeah i think it i think it's good to have a little um something that's just yours yeah and it seems like when a lot of these artists sign contracts it happens a lot in rock at least uh they're left with the only money they make is on merch on the road really I yeah mean, they make 
really little money. They have to sell a shit ton of merch to make money. And I hear over and over again. Yeah, absolutely. You never know what deal you're going to get when you sign those contracts. I mean, you got to be so careful, you know, as far as like ownership of your name, even like it, it gets yeah. crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, and it's like a worry. And then before you know it, it's kind of what seemed like a cool thing is, has gone and you're sitting going, right. I wish that I had, I wish I had that again the way it was at the beginning, you know? This episode is brought to you in part by hemp-cbd.com. Hemp-CBD was founded in Albuquerque, New Mexico with the mission to provide the best products in the industry. Hemp-CBD has created a one-stop shop for tons of CBD products, such as tinctures, edibles, topicals, pre-rolls, vape, and pet products. The products carried by Hemp-CBD are sourced from an organic hemp that's grown in the United States lab tested and consists of CBD isolate, which is the purest form of CBD. This testing ensures that their products contain CBD and no other cannabinoids like THC. Head over to hemp-cbd.com and use promo code SLACKER for a 20% discount at checkout. That's hemp-cbd.com, promo code SLACKER. What's up, guys? This is the Brothers Binge with your host, Pedro and Alex. As he sneezed, he shot back into a bag of clear waste. Oh, my God. We are a weekly podcast bringing you all things movies, TV, comics, and more. Dusty Matt Damon? (laughs) You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Yes, we get it. You were an extra. You got paid money. (laughs) You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Brothers Binge. And he just breaks the table in half and just starts throwing it at him. (laughs) And remember, always binge responsibly. Now, you, Matt, you had mentioned something uh, before we started recording about um, the music that uh, is being made is like open in in some way or available for people to. Mm-hmm. Oh, so, yeah, you have a similar approach like the Midnight does. You're open sourcing in your yeah. music. So that's that yeah, I couldn't Twitch think of the phrase open source. There you go. So they can actually yeah. just use it, and not have to worry about you uh, trying to sue them or anything like that. Or yeah. take their videos down, which is really, really nice. And uh, I just think it's such a selfless act as an artist because, I mean, you put so much time and effort into your music. Mm-hmm. But you're also like you're helping other creators out, be creative, you know, which is really cool. Yeah. Well, I think that people who are making videos and people that are kind of on YouTube or on Twitch are doing what I'm doing, and they're just trying to. I, I think that if people approach me and they've got oh, the good thing is, I'd say is on the whole, most people ask me first if they can use the music, so that's mm-hmm. cool. Uh, that's like all I would ask. Yeah. Usually, is just say, just say, is it cool? That um, seems you know, common practice, yes. at least yeah, in the internet, people, like sampling yeah. and stuff. Yeah, and I, there's, obviously there's a fine line between someone saying, someone with an enormous amount of subscribers saying, look, we want to use this track because it'd be really good um, promotion for you. Doesn't interest me as much as someone <laughs> who's doing something, for example, like, let you know, the channel Aces Adventures that does the kind of dead more videos. Um, oh, yeah. oh, cool. Which yeah. I really like watching those sort of things. And when he's saying, look, can I use some tracks on this? I'm like, yeah, go for that's the kind of thing that I really want to involve with, you know, just go for it. Um, so the, when yeah. you say dead mall, they, these are just like uh, basically abandoned malls and the guy's exploring them. Yeah. He's like inside them, just checking them out. Oh, I mean, there's a lot of, there's a few people that do that, but his, you know, I've, I especially like his videos and he's asked me 
a few times if you can use direct tracks. And I'm like, yeah, absolutely, go for it. Um, because I know myself, like if you're doing something and you just want to use some music, it's not like a, it's not like everyone's kind of making loads of money off your music. It's just they're using it because it's it works with what they want to do, mm. and I like that. Yeah, it's not like they're taking it as a theme song. You know, that'd be a little bit no. different. You know, if they want to use yeah, the same song every time to open their show, maybe they got to kick duet a little bit back. You know what I yeah, mean? Right? Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, there's like a limit, but no yeah. one's kind of done anything like that. And I, yeah, I, I try and be the sort of person that I want to deal with, if yeah. that makes sense. As soon as Gatorade starts using a duet song. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, you'll yeah. hear from his lawyers yeah so it's like well you know if they ask nicely but I'm not sure they would do it son of a <laughs> bitch they took it better give you some of that gator money man yeah the gator the crate of Gatorade arrives the next day oh my god Life, lifetime supply of Gatorade the most useless <laughs> shit ever yeah god yeah uh, salty sugar water yeah yeah that come. well do you know that's I, I'm just, I'm I'm cool with people using using the music for their projects. That's yeah, awesome. Man. Yeah, I really appreciate that. I think that's a really cool thing to do. And I also too. didn't realize it was much because I know that when people started posting and tweeting saying, "Feel free to use our music on Twitch" or "Feel free to do it on YouTube," I didn't realize it was a kind of such a problem for people to be using them. Mm. I didn't know that people Copyright were kind strikes. of struggling. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, so. So yeah. Hey, if if, copy, if YouTube copyright strikes were nickels, Matt and I yeah. could pay for <laughs> the cost of the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it, uh, yeah, I mean, we just try to review music, so we're like trying to recommend music to people. Like, check this band out, or you know, check these yeah. artists out. And it's mm-hmm. like half the time, it's like copyright. We, we sort of had to, yeah, we had to find ways to to work around it while you know mm-hmm. just yeah. trying to suggest. Like, hey, like yeah. it, we, we realized it's kind of difficult to, you know, we could talk about a band all day, but yeah. unless we actually play some of the music for people, it's kind of tough to really. Yeah. 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 So I hope you'll listen to them eventually. <laughs> like, it kind of yeah. sounds like this, you know, it's like, it's like, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, let me get my kazoo. I'll do I'll do my own rendition. Yeah. <laughs> But I think it's a lot of the time that I find is that the artists themselves will be completely cool with it. A lot, it's the labels or the setup they have mm-hmm. with their distributor, yep. or whatever. That's kind of the restriction. Most yeah. artists I know are just like, yeah, yeah, go for it. All right. Well, that's who sends a copyright strike. Always, it's like always like MGM Records, like or something like that. It's like well, oh, it used to happen on SoundCloud, especially where I'd get strikes on my own music. Really, I'd get beha- strikes on behalf of myself that was generated by it like a distribution agreement I'd signed that I was basically, it was, it was like, it was basically me. And I'd be going, how do I get out of this? This happened a few times. There was a track I did where YouTube was a copyright strike and I had to prove that I was me. Like it was just <laughs> absolutely insane. Oh I give myself permission to use my You end tracks. up though having these conversations with people that you wouldn't have with someone face to face because it's like an algorithm. Like it's like, we are going, I am me. Like what do you need? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Apart from coming to your office and like saying, "How's it going?" Here's my what ID. Do you need? <laughs> yeah. how, did, how was that? Like, did you have to like literally give them ID and prove who you I, are? And yeah, so like I sent. Yeah, literally had to send a scan of a driving license <laughs> and things oh like God. that. Just going. 
Just to put yeah, a I mean, video. it's happened before when I've uploaded tr- duet tracks to release and it's been flagged up as this artist has already got music out under this name. Wow. And I'm going, yes, me. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> yeah. So I'm and aware. you get into these insane conversations where you're going round and round and just trying to, you know, someone going, yeah, I like, yeah, by the way, someone's called duet. And I'm like, yeah, me. Can we just get this done? Say, <laughs> like, how do I prove that I am me to YouTube? Yeah, I know, <laughs> and that's the that is the conversations you have these with because there's not a real person there. Oh, it would take two seconds if you just could speak to someone and go, yeah, this is what happened. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, hopefully, it helps on the other end in keeping all of your items protected that you put online. You know, like your videos. Yeah, like it, and you can you can turn that on and off. You know, I mean, you can you do have control over it um and also the thing i know when artists if someone says look we want to use your music for something it'll be good exposure it's kind of like the caricature of bad music business yeah going someone says this will be good for you because we're big can we use your work for free um Mm -hmm. but that has happened where i think the choice of going well weighing up okay if you are going to use that for free that does look like a good deal for me it does look like the sort of thing that will get people, you know, through coming to listen to the rest of it. Um, so I think that's one of the benefits, going back to what we were saying before, of being completely in control of your music. You can have a nuanced approach to doing that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that preservation, man, it's important. It's very yeah. important. Yeah. Yeah. Do you find that, uh, like, we've talked about YouTube a little bit. Um, does that, like, is that a good venue for for your music? Or do you find that, like, a sp- you get more on sp- traction on Spotify or Instagram? Or, yeah. Uh, I mean, there's so many platforms these days for mm-hmm. artists to kind of put their stuff out on. Yeah. Um, I think what, that, what's been most successful for you? I think Bandcamp, first of all. Um, Bandcamp, when I first put music on those direct which was 2014 mm-hmm. um i quit and with and with um with borderline we quickly managed to the way that their search works and stuff i think it works the same now but the way their search works is that it's not um it's not listed in terms of how big you are or um you know how many you've sold or whatever they kind of just seem to come up on the main under search tags and stuff just as but anyone can get uh, can do well on on Bandcamp mm. if the music's cool and people are listening to it and things like that um whereas now i think the spotify algorithm i'm not a massive fan of algorithms but it seems to be quite good mm. like um they don't pay very well but you can't argue the fact that it's obviously the biggest streaming service so you have to kind of give it your time we've heard that from other artists as well yeah about spotify yeah like it's it's it, like it's the, obviously the biggest one and like i said the algorithm works well so a lot of the time if you get recommended me i get recommended music or the recommended artist alongside duet you kind of go yep that's right that is that is the sort of stuff i like or that is um a similar artist um but yeah they obviously the money isn't that good but then i think if you're completely in control of your music 
the money can be fine. And years ago, when before Spotify, there wasn't a lot of music down the line always for smaller artists anyway. Once you paid the label and paying off a music video or paying mm. or whatever, mm. um, I don't think there's always that much difference um, yeah. in how much money you can make. You just have to kind of weigh it up. What I would say, though, is not one specific thing works every time. Mm. So duet um, is, is cool on Spotify and on Apple Music. People listen to it. YouTube is okay. Like Bandcamp's okay. Um, but I did a, a little album under an artist named Alpine um, a few months ago, which kind of did well on Bandcamp and YouTube, but not on Spotify. Like it kind of, oh. the same sort of music, but it doesn't seem to work the same way. It's, that's odd. It's almost like hard to kind of pinpoint where things are going to yeah. take off, it seems. Yeah, which is why, like everyone, you just have to put it, it's on everything. And then if something flies, you go with that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And you're relying on an algorithm that each one of these softwares or, you know, applications is built, yeah. you know, which is to flux to a new listener. I mean, that's just yeah. tough. You know, Absolutely. and again, I've, I mean, Synthwave is coming out thousand artists every day, so they're fucking yeah. it's out of control with that. Yeah, I think what you, the only thing you can do if you haven't got a budget to spend on promotion and you, you're just doing it is make sure like what you're doing is is good. Like I was saying before about doing something you like. Mm-hmm. Like I find that most people I know, if they do a really good track or good release it will often do okay. Do you know what I mean? Like people will find the good stuff. People will kind of, regardless of the algorithms, people share music or it might not do, you don't have the traditional like week one where by the end of the week you've really had a hit and it's really worked out well, but you kind of, you can build a release, you can build a track over time with people sharing it and recommending it and getting picked up. It's just different. And you kind of have to keep um, your eye on what's going on and if something's doing well on a platform, you wouldn't normally, it's kind of focus on that specifically. It's more of a slower burn. It sounds like than than the yeah. big album drop party. Yeah. <laughs> used, yeah. used to be. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like you've like, even, yeah. Like yeah, I, if when you, you release a track now, you kind of, you, you put it out and then you kind of do the promotion. Hmm. I find a lot of the time, especially with my music, if you do too much kind of pre-order, pre-play, teaser stuff, on the day it comes out, everyone's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We kind of (laughs) heard that a few weeks ago, yeah. (laughs) Whereas every duet album I've done or duet single, it just arrives. I haven't said I've been doing it. I haven't said it's coming. It just goes, which in itself generates some interest because it's kind of like, okay, let's have a look at this. Yeah, like it kind of, um secondly that's how a lot of artists mainstream artists do it now you know and they kind of have a lot of people who know what they're doing behind it um and then once the album's out or the single's out you can then start to work it a bit because if i go have you heard this song that i've done and they're like no cool where is it i'm like it's out in three weeks it's kind of hard for me to you know i want to point people back to the music i want it to be out Mm -hmm. yeah I want it to be there, so I can go, there it is. Mm. Um, yeah. And then work on it from there. That probably doesn't work for everyone, but that's how I like to do it. 
Yeah, no, I think that approach is safer, though. I, I feel you on that. I mean, people get lost in time. You know, they lose yeah. their mind. They, they, they're they not paying attention. They don't. They, oh, I forgot all about it. Like, oh, mm-hmm. eh, you know, yeah. then like, you know, it definitely helps. Yeah. Out. We're in a very yeah. instantaneous sort yeah. of culture. Like it's Busy. almost <laughs> it's almost like teasing something isn't like worth it. These yeah, yeah. at least at least in, in, in this aspect. It's like here it is. Listen because to you it. Want it. If mm-hmm. I see if I heard a teaser of a track and they and I liked it and they said it's out in three weeks' time, I'd be like, Oh, but why? You just manufactured yeah, disappointment. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> I wanna have go and check that out. You know what I mean? Like it, I mean the only reason that didn't used to be the case a long time ago is because it took longer to manufacture vinyl and CDs and cassettes and mm-hmm. to get them into the stores and to get promoters True. into it's radio like, and stuff. It's like if you have a teaser, just give me the yeah. song. <laughs> it's yeah. done, that means, you know. Yeah, most likely. it is. Yeah, I, I just think it works. Uh, well, I'll go back to the fact that I, what I try and work duet releases and music and stuff. Um, in a way that I would want if I was kind of the other end of it. So if I'm listening to duet, what would I be wanting from that? Mm. And one of the things is I wouldn't yeah. want teasers and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. I made the teaser mistake on my last project and I definitely felt the backlash and I felt like I killed up, killed off a little bit of hype. So I, I, oh. I feel this all too well. <laughs> yeah. Well, it like it, it can, it can, it, do, it, it does work for some people yeah. but for yeah. me i know that if i i just think what would i personally want mm. and i would just want the track to be there i think that can be truthful me. across a lot of media too you know i, I, yeah. had, a, I had a teacher in college uh, in a film class that said mm-hmm. the same thing uh, mm. she got mad at me because i cut a little uh, teaser trailer of my full project <laughs> and she was like i told you not to do that and i'm like yeah but like <laughs> it's supposed to you know <laughs> Get people interested. She's like, if they're interested, they'll watch yeah. the fucking thing. <laughs> yeah, well, that's true, though, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Completely true. Oh man! Now yeah. that we've been talking about all this, can you tell us if you got any music coming out anytime soon? <laughs> yes. Yeah, so build the hype um, up. No. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. No. Like I've, I. I was going to ask that. Duet <laughs> album is ready. I release it. So like I don't okay. sit and hold on to. It. I don't have a oh. like um a schedule. Where I'm going right. I'm going to aim to release this on whenever or you know on a holiday weekend or whatever um we, having said that the last duet album i released in december and i probably just me like psychologically but because it wasn't summer here i just think mm, i don't know i kind of i would have liked to release it in the summer but then you have to kind of hang on to it till yeah. now and um but i am working on new music always i just don't have a release date for it i figured you were gonna give me this open-ended answer man i figured you were gonna do it to me (laughs) if i had an album out tomorrow i would definitely tell you (laughs) but no i like the freedom of like it's ready when it's ready and that's i think that's awesome man it doesn't put pressure on you as a creator yeah and again it goes into the hobbyist uh, you know this is the hobby project for you but you know, yeah. it just there's something so freeing about that. I definitely, I think it inspires into your music without you even. Yeah, well, if you too. can take the heat off yourself, and if the heat taking yeah. the heat off yourself is, I don't care about if it makes money or whatever. It kind of benefits you in that way anyway. Like it, it comes back around, and yeah, I don't know. You can relax into it. Reminds me of like a, a baker or something. Yeah. You know, it's like I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna be making my bread. I'm gonna put yeah. love and care into it. And when it's yeah. done in the oven, I'll take it out. And you guys yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you've got to like, that's a good, you know, that's a good loaf. <laughs> there you go. That's a solid loaf, sir. You, you've solid done nothing loaf. but solid loaves. The chef knows when it's done. <laughs> exactly. No, exactly. Well, well, Ben, thank you so much for all of your time, man. Uh, real quick before we get out of here, you want to hit the people with the plugs. How do they find Duet? How do they jam out to these lovely songs? Well, so you can check out, obviously, Duet on Spotify and Apple Music, or you can go to We Are Duet, weirdly, on Twitter and Instagram. Awesome. Awesome. And uh, is that where you like first post, like when you do post something is like Instagram, yeah. social media or is it always just, like, Insta- Instagram, on? Instagram and Twitter always. Yeah. Nice. Awesome. Yep. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Well, dude, thank you so much for your time, man. This has been awesome. Just like kind of hearing your, your like um, ideas on like how you produce music. It's I always, especially with Synthwave, it's kind of like you don't get a lot behind the scenes. So I really enjoy yeah. that. Cool. Thank um, you. Thank you. We'll, we'll be checking in on you in a little bit, man. We want to see what you produce next, and uh, we'll be yeah, talking you again, man. No worries. <laughs> All right, people. Thank you for tuning in, and until next time, that's it. There you go. Cool.